Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hour number two, final hour. Short and show out of bounds. Nick Price, Dusty Like is with you on Saturday, live and local on 610 Sports Radio. Our guy, Josh Vernier. Every Thursday, Vern's Hot Stove, until the season starts. In fact, the season starts two weeks from this Thursday, if you can believe it or not. March 26th in Chicago against the White Sox. They'll play Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. All games can be heard here on 610 Sports Radio as the Royals come live and local on your hometown station on 610 Sports Radio. I'm excited, man. I love baseball. I don't know what it is. You can tell me whatever you want about baseball, that it's boring, that it sucks, that it's tainted, that it, whatever it is. Man, it just gets me going. I don't know. What, I mean, I, I grew up loving it. Everybody's got their sport. Everybody's got their passion that they're connected to. Mine's just baseball. I grew up playing Stratomatic baseball with my dad and my friends. I grew up playing Little League baseball. I just love it. To me, there's nothing better than a July night, hot dog, beer, maybe some nachos, and uh, a little... Uh, Nine versus nine. Just my thing, man. I dig it. And the Royal season is getting ready to start. I know there's a lot of people that are interested to see how this Royal season goes. I can't honestly tell you what the projections are going to be. There's a lot of people think they're going to lose up to 95, 96 games. Just win 70 games. Let's go 70 and what? 92? Is that 162 games? Yeah. 70 and 92. That's not now, the way unrealistic. To do, now, you're going to have to you know skip out on injuries and you have to be that. But, I mean, I think it's interesting when we think about this team – that there is one guy that we haven't heard a lot about this year in spring, and that's because he hasn't played. And that's Adalberto Mondesi. And Josh Fernandez enjoying the drive yesterday. And I thought he had a really interesting cut about Adalberto Mondesi when he said this. We're, we're two weeks away from camp breaking, three weeks away from opening day, and this kid hasn't played in a meaningful spring, well, as meaningful as a spring training game can be. And we don't know when we're going to see him. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the kid starts the season on the injured list. So, I mean, look, saying someone is injury prone often comes across like you're knocking them, but you're just pointing out facts. You're prone to injury. And the, the shoulder surgery that he had last off season, it, it's still nagging him. If he feels it when he bats right-handed, uh, they're, they're still telling him, be careful. We don't want you diving. I mean, this is the big league. You can't be telling kids not to dive. So, if that's where they're at two weeks away from camp breaking, um, I, I don't have high expectations to start the season. I don't even know if he's going to be out there. Very honest opinion. I trust Josh Renier with the Royals more than anybody else with the Kansas City Royals. And this is an interesting topic to bring up because with baseball being right around the corner, and so far I would say this year the main stories with the Royals I would assume would probably be like, when do the young arms come up? Right. Can Solaire do it again? And will Whit Merrifield be on this roster come trade deadline? Now, the answer to all those questions is, is clearly obvious. Um, the young arms will come up whenever they're just called up, obviously. I think that they should be on this roster this year, whether it's in minimal bullpen roles or whether it's using them as a opener 
and letting them pitch two innings, three innings, and then getting them out of there, keep their innings down, keep their arms fresh, because that is the future of your franchise. That's what's going to keep this team moving forward. The other part about this is Solaire. Last year, Solaire played in 162 games, and he bombed 48 homers. Can he keep that up? I'm not saying he has to hit 48, 50 home runs again. I would just like to see Solaire continuously keep that powerful stick in the lineup. And then Whit Merrifield, obviously, as much as he is in just everybody's mindset of where he can just play anywhere on the field and how good he can be at that, but the Royals have him such under good contract that it'd have to take such a great trade to do it. But the other thing that's interesting is that the star in the future of this franchise is Adalberto Mondesi, 24 years old, shortstop, can do it all, five-tool, powerful, fast. And then you bring up this quote from Josh Verner that he had on the drive yesterday, and it is interesting. We haven't seen Adalberto Mondesi this year. We're two weeks away from camp breaking. We're three weeks away from the first game of the year. And there's a lot of skeptical opinions of like, hey, are we cool with this? Is this just one of those, let's just calm down. We're just going to not let him play in spring because it doesn't matter which where I think I disagree in that point. Whereas preseason football to me doesn't matter. Not at all. Right? Because you're practicing hard. You're taking hits in practice. You're doing all of that in general. Whereas baseball, it does kind of matter because you'll see guys that miss spring training and they won't be right with timing and the look of the game. It's all about getting into a groove and getting that timing down. And that's what it is with baseball. And when it comes to Adalberto Mondesi being ready for the season, like we've said before, we're two weeks away from camp breaking three weeks from the season starting and Adalberto Mondesi hasn't played an inning in spring. And again, spring baseball is long. There's still two weeks left of spring games, and there's other people that have different opinions on it. In fact, MLB.com, Jeffrey Flanagan, had this when he tweeted about this today, literally after we brought it up with Binkley, and Jeffrey Flanagan joined Binkley's show, and he said, Mike Matheny said the surgeon who performed Adalberto Mondesi's surgery examined Mondesi again yesterday and provided a glowing report. Royals hopeful Mondesi will start playing Cactus League games this week, which this week is over, so I question that. Um, and they're still on track for him to be ready for opening day. So there's three things in this tweet that really make me question. Hopeful is a word that makes me think, well, we hope he plays. We don't know if he's going to play. Like the Chiefs hope Juan Thornhill's ready for opening day or week one for the Chiefs next year. We don't know if he'll be there. Hopeful is a very vague term, very vague term. The other one is that they're expected for him to play games this week. Well, it's Saturday. So the week's over tomorrow, and he's not playing today because the lineups are out, and I think they're already playing split squad games. And they want him to be on track for opening day. How many times, Steph Curry's an example, Steph Curry's track was to start like March 1st. He didn't come back because they had to prolong it. He ended up playing like in like the March 3rd or 4th, but still like hopeful, on track, good news, all this. We've still yet to see him swing a bat. We've still yet to see him slide head first into second base, throw a ball. And again, we're two weeks away from the first game of the season, and he is the future of this franchise. Right. And also, like, just one thing that we've learned about this franchise and about how Dayton Moore and everybody handles these kind of situations. I'm going to play you a cut from MLB Network Radio. They were doing their spring training camp tour yesterday. This is Dayton Moore talking about the young arms coming up, but I really want to stress about how important patience and caution is with this organization. You know, you'd rather be, you know, a month too late than a month too early in, in bringing 
uh, young players to the major leagues, right. especially pitchers. And, and when you when you really feel like they're ready, give it another start or two. And so, mm-hmm. you know, all of those pitchers that you mentioned, none of them have experienced AAA. We have AAA for a reason. I mean, right. it's right. Uh, it's the last uh, place to finish off, you know, young players. And uh, so we we got one chance to do it right. And, and look, you know, guys, um, you know, break into the major leagues at, at, uh, at different times and different roles. And we're not opposed to maybe breaking them into the major leagues in a relief role and then transition and then mm-hmm. to a starter role. But uh, the important thing is that uh, we keep them healthy. Right. And uh, they all of those pitchers do what they need to do on a daily basis. They're extremely prepared. They're mentally focused. They, they crave information. They have a growth mentality uh, with, with everything that uh, they do each and every day. Uh, they're feeding off one another uh, as they go about their, their processes each and every day, especially in this camp. And so we'll know when it's time. So, Dusty, I know that he's talking about the young arms here, right, yeah, yeah. but, I mean, this kind of parallels with the Mondesi sure situation, does. too, because he's a young player, and right. what did he say? The most important thing is not rushing it, making sure they're ready, taking more time than you even think is necessary, and also the number one thing, keeping them healthy. Right, and that's the thing, is that, like, they brought up Mondesi at 19 years old in the World Series. That kind of debunks that theory. Was he ready, or was it just to have him for speed? Right. If he was ready, then he should have played the next year in the starting roster, and he didn't. I don't believe. Mm. I don't think he was here in 15. Mm. In fact, I know he wasn't here in 15. And the thing that's interesting about this is, yes, it is important to keep the future of your franchise healthy. It is important to keep the future of your franchise under good microscope, under good microscopic looks from your doctors and everything like that. But it just seems weird that you have your team physician that took the surgery, maybe not the team physician, but the te- the guy that did the surgery on Mondesi is like, oh, yeah, he should be fine. Seems to be going great. Okay, where's he at? Like, there's no evidence that he's ready to play, and I get it. Like, he's the future of your franchise. You've got to keep this guy under good watch because you don't want things to go sour. But I'm just confused. Is like, how hurt is he really, and where are we at without Alberto Mondesi? Because the talk has been great about the young pitchers, and that Dayton Moore cut's fantastic. Because I am ready to see Brady Singer, who went one, two, three in 12 pitches against Mike Trout, Rendon in the top three orders of, I just got shocked by my ear flip. And Oof. it was weird. And you're seeing this. Yeah, I want to see the young kids pitch. Do I want to see them pitch six innings of start every fifth day in the first season or this season? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. But if they're ready, bring them up. If they're not, let us know. Like, it is what it is. I guess it is a need-to-know basis. And speaking of something that's need-to-know, you know how we talked about the coronavirus and how it's affecting sports? Here's this via Twitter. Starting today, NHL will close dressing rooms to media on recommendations of Centers for Disease Control an effort to stop the spread of coronavirus. NBA, MLB, and MLS are expected to follow. Media availabilities will be conducted in formal press conference area. Another source five minutes ago. The NBA is discussing limiting locker room access only to players and team personnel due to the coronavirus situation. The media handled via other settings to protect everyone. Sources tell the athletic NBA and at stadium. Oh boy. I'm worried about opening day, man. I'm worried about everything that has involved with sports and everything like that. It's going to be affected. People can say that the opening day crowd wasn't big because of what they're projected this year and their record. I'm honestly nervous to see what we're going to have on opening day, let alone this March Madness tournament, let alone the Big 12 tournament. Right. I mean, you talk about just big crowds in general. That might be might be affected, and especially in something that everybody who's listening to the station cares about in the world of sports. I mean, 
it is what it is. It's affected sports, and it's affecting yeah. sports. So it's something that you have to talk about. It's the biggest story in the United States. It's the biggest story in the world. No doubt. Oh, boy. Interesting. Uh, coming up, we'll have a little bit of fun. It's the good stuff that maybe you forgot about this week. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. KU and uh, Texas Tech have tipped off. 10-10 tie so far. You think Mahomes of this game? Got to be, right? Right. I mean, I figured there'd be a crowd shot of him already. Texas Tech. I just figured, like, if there's, like, he was there for the Texas Tech tournament run last year and everything. And yeah, if there's ever, the Final Four. Right, but, like, if there's a time during the year where you're going to go to a game, this is pretty much the time where NFL players don't really have much to do. How about that stat? KU's 30-1. and one. When Doak scores 15-plus. Mm-hmm. Kind of a skewed stat, though. Their overall record with him 30, in the lineup is great. Well, they're also only three losses this year. Right. So, I don't know. At least it's not one of those Royal stats from, like, 2001 where it's like, Billy Butler is batting 350 when the sun is setting in the western sky. It's 70 degrees. And there's at least seven mile-an-hour winds out of the southwest. And 15,000 people showed up to watch it. Other than that, not good. Those were uh, fun stats. Oh, I used to love them. We used to take pictures of them uh, at the game, and then we would try to like say to our friends, like, who are they talking about? And we would just like mark out the name and be like, blank is this, this, this. And then you try to guess the name and be like, nah, it was Paulo Orlando hitting 450 when he played in one game after a day-night doubleheader. <laughs> who is it? Don't know. Um, K-State will start at 3 o'clock today on 610 Sports Radio. Their pregame will start at 2, and then Nick and I will be booted out of here. Some of you will like that. Some of you will be sad, and I appreciate those people um, that are sad that we'll be gone. Yeah, the second people. Yeah. um, The uh, K-State Wildcats will then be in the March Madness Tournament. They'll play Wednesday at some point, probably like 11, I would assume, like probably like 11 o'clock. A lot of 11 o'clock games. Yeah. um, And then after that, depending on what they do, basketball season's over, then you get out of bounds most of the time, 12 to 3 every Saturday since there's a lot of 6 o'clock starts for the Royals or 5 o'clock starts for the Royals on Saturday for baseball. But what we thought was fun to do is maybe there were some stories or sound that really happened that maybe you missed or forgot about that happened this week. So in case you missed it, the other night Greg Popovich took the night off. I'm not saying he's going to get Wally pipped. He might get Wally popped. Nice. And the reason that is, is because Tim Duncan, who is the only threat to Bill Self to take the Spurs job, filled in. And Tim Duncan won a nail biter against the Hornets, 104 to 103. The only question I have is what in the hell is Tim Duncan doing with his hair? No, I I can't answer any questions on his hair. I don't know. I'm not sure. His whole career, he played with a shaved head. The minute he's out of the NBA, he's now got like it's like, this, let's try some. And I don't know if it's working. Like, well, I, I mean, apparently it is. It, it's it's to, him, know. to him, it's working. Russell Wilson, we'll see if he goes undefeated next year with his hair that he's currently rocking. And I saw LeBron James' hairline the other night. Good hell, he might need to just bring it home. Yeah. Also, I mean, just like a really cool story because with Tim Duncan, like I saw this thing break maybe a couple hours before the game. They were yeah. like, Tim Duncan is going to coach the Spurs. And I was like, what? Am I reading this right? Yeah. And then it ends up being a great story. So yeah, because cool. they had the female coach. There's the Patrick Mahomes jersey shot in the crowd for the Texas Tech KU game. 
We've yet to find Pat. I'm guessing Pat's not there if they're showing a guy wearing his jersey first. He had a picture on his IG the other day of him at a golf course, which, sorry, Mike Trout, something you might have missed. Mike Trout put a golf ball in orbit. Um, Patrick Mahomes did it first. This is something that, like, maybe baseball needs to continuously do throughout the regular season. That is having players mic'd up. This was Freddie Freeman yesterday when he was watching a fly ball. Oh, here we go. Oh, watch this. There's, there's wind, boys. There's wind. There's wind. There's wind. He's right. He's gonna He's score. Right. There's wind. Come on. That is a catchable fly ball, and he knew right away it was going to fall. That's right. He knew the wind was going to be tough, and he's cutting those bags. He knows right here. Watch waving him. Look at Give us a little slide and the point. I love it. You know it hits when baseball announcers are getting giddy about this. Like, Tim Kirchin gets a little bit giddy over, like, the littlest things. Right. But they're all, like, laughing because... Yeah, you always see these types of plays in baseball where you're like, he might be able to score. What's he thinking about? How's he know to do it? Mic'd up baseball players is the best thing in the world. They're talking about bringing it to the regular season, too, and I'm totally down for it because, like they you should. said, if you can get old baseball guys to agree with something that's a little new age and a little technology, like right. those guys hate that stuff normally. So and you've already I'm got, down for it. Man. Yeah, and you've already got trash cans mic'd up and players wearing buzzers, allegedly. Also, this was J.D. mic'd up when he talked about wearing uh, or using cheat sheets. J.D., since you're an infielder who now plays the outfield occasionally, you use a, a little cheat sheet also, correct? Yes. Yes, I do. J.D. have a ton of cheat sheets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> little shade. But you can also get that from the announcers talking to the players on the field. Or you remember from the All-Star game, Bryce Harper was mic'd up. Mike Trout was mic'd up. You don't hear these guys talk a whole lot. In fact, when they come to Kauffman Stadium, they're one of the first guys everyone wants to talk to, but they're such pros. They've been doing it so long that they know how to get around it. It's interesting. We want to use... Ah, this is tough. Coronavirus is a serious thing, but there's people being not so serious about it, including people using Tito's Vodka. Good morning. I'm Steve Inskeep with advice from the makers of Tito's Vodka. Do not use their product to make homemade hand sanitizer. People online are suggesting vodka as an ingredient to protect against coronavirus. The vodka makers tell the Dallas Morning News hand sanitizer must contain 60% alcohol. Tito's handmade vodka is 40%. Rather than making hand sanitizer, it's much better to save the vodka for killing time when you're in quarantine. Well, he didn't hold back. <laughs> the last part. Yeah, he said basically when you're quarantined on a ship or in a building, you just might as well chug our vodka instead of putting it on our hands. Yeah. And then this lady of a news place in Boston told us exactly how to make homemade hand sanitizer. We're turning now to our coronavirus concerns coverage. Hand sanitizer. If you're going to the store looking for it, chances are you can't find any. So, is making your own okay? Well, the answer is yes. Boston 25 News reporter Julie Leonardi shows us how. Well, we learned it's pretty simple to make homemade hand sanitizer, and you'll likely already have these products in your own home. The key is you'll need the right measuring tools to make the perfect concoction, or else it won't be effective. You can do it with products that you may already have in your own home, like aloe vera gel or rubbing alcohol, but you have to follow a very specific recipe in order for it to be effective. Mm -hmm. You'll need to mix two-thirds of alcohol and one-third of aloe vera. 
That's it. Then just stir it together, and there really you have specific. it. Oh, yeah. At home, hand sanitizer. I can see people making it. I love the end. I can see people making yeah, it. Yeah, why not? She's like, it's a very specific step to take. You need one-third alcohol and two-thirds aloe vera. I don't have either one of those things in my house right now. I've got alcohol, not rubbing alcohol. I don't have aloe vera because it's not the summertime and my white pasty ass isn't out there getting burnt. Right. But it will be. Oh, and yeah. I will have some Panama Jack aloe. It'll be blue because I love it. And I keep it in my refrigerator. It feels great on my Irish skin that just gets absolutely torched if I'm outside for more than five minutes. So I might be able to make sanitizer when it's the summertime. But right now, I'm just going to take on with this Purell. I'm going to use it as much as I can because it says it kills the most germs. You got a buddy that plays drums at KU, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, I went to senior night. I took my dad out for his birthday. And Donovan Miller, shout out to this guy. He's the KU drummer. And uh, you've all seen him. He's gotten on SportsCenter many times. He's got the big, just a great afro. And he's always going ham on those drums. And he got... They brought out everybody in the band was wearing tuxedos for senior night, and they brought all of the seniors out onto the court, and he got one of the biggest standing ovations that I have ever seen from a non-player at the University of Kansas. And then he also just had the swaggiest bedazzled suit jacket that on the back said KU Drummer 2020. I mean, good for this guy, man. A legend. He might have been there for longer than Perry Ellis was. Mm -hmm. Not confirmed yet, but you'll love to see it. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely there longer than Perry Ellis, which is hard to do because Perry Ellis was there for 14 years. Right. And now I think he's back. He is back. Yeah, that's right. He's just never leaving. Yeah. Him and Sharon Collins will be there there. forever. He lives in Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, for sure. Um, We played it earlier in the show. Sometimes a hard pause is nice. Good evening. I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. Oh, one more time. Good evening. I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Good evening. I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. This reminds me of when an anchor man... Or I'm sorry, in Bruce Almighty, he messes with the teleprompter because Ron Burgundy will read anything on the teleprompter. Mm-hmm. Or teleprompter. That's Anchorman. Bruce Almighty, when he gets uh, Steve Carell to read all that gibberish. Mm-hmm. Like, how does this guy not know to pause? Right. He just murdered his best friend. This is one of the videos, too. Like, every once in a while, one of those video surfaces where, like, I will laugh every single time. And just play it one more time, Dusty. Play it one more time. One more time? Yeah, I want it one more time. Okay. Good evening, I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. Pause. He was murdered nope. and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. Terrible, terrible birthday. Sounds like a fun birthday, just yeah. that he died. Yeah. I wonder how many people texted Dana after that happened and said, hey, man, you all right? Old Ken or whatever his name is just killed you off on the news. So I mean, you got how, burned alive. How surprised were people when uh, when Dana was back the next uh, day on the news? I don't know, but for $100, you can have Whit Merrifield send you a personalized message on Cameo. Oh, uh, yeah. It might be worth it. And then to throw me back a little bit, you can kill this music because this guy killed it last night in the Pelicans game when he played the violin to a classic rap banger. I'll break it down here in a second. Here we go.
That's the best cover of a song. In fact, after I watched it, I wanted to start watching Game of Thrones. He absolutely kills it. Not like literally kills it like uh, that guy killed Dana on the news. Right. But that, uh, that's exactly what I like to see when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Thing about I like coming up. The next head coach for the Chiefs, I think, is already set in motion. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Well, this isn't good news. Wrestling legend Scott Steiner was rushed to the hospital last night after collapsing in the locker room of an Impact Wrestling show. He's reportedly in stable condition and will undergo a heart procedure today. I would assume steroids is the cause. Remember Scott Steiner? I didn't think so. He was big Papa Pump. I mean, his like biceps were like softballs. Um, the Steiner Bros back in the day in WCW is what they were. Um, coming up a little bit later, we'll get to uh, what to watch this weekend. Is there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the TV world uh, that's not sports. In fact, I am. I'm ready for Monday night to get here because Monday night's like my night for television. Um, so as soon as I'm done, like producing the drive on Monday, I'm going to run straight. Well, I'm going to drive straight home and uh, and get ready to start streaming because you have a bunch of television that I want to watch on Monday. So if you have anything to listen to or watch Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line 39, um, text us in 69306, what you're watching this weekend or what shows you're streaming, what you're getting ready to get into. Um, yeah, the text line got it. Big timers. That's the name of that violin song. I mean, that's just absolutely a banger. Like, if ringtones were still a thing, I don't know if they are. I don't think they are. I don't think people have, like, individual ringtones. I think I just use, like, a generic Apple one for my iPhone. That would be my ringtone with 100%. I thought it was interesting. Yesterday, the Chiefs uh, made some moves. They made some inf- uh, They made some uh, news regarding their coaching staff. Um. The Kansas City Chiefs have promoted Mike Kafka to quarterbacks coach slash passing game coordinator. We have added former Mizzou assistant Andy Hill as an assistant special teams coach as well. Mike Kafka, according to Albert Breer, had plenty of coordinator interest out there. Chiefs wouldn't let him go, and now they reward him because giving him a promotion means the teams can't go out there and basically make him worthy of their team because there were reports that the Philadelphia Eagles were interested in Matt Kafka. And this is where we start this off. And also, I mean, just the promotion in general just shows that you've got some faith and that you're working towards something, you know, when you're in a job and you're sitting in the same spot for a while, you start getting a little curious about what else is out there. And this is, this is just a little vote of confidence from the chiefs and from the ownership and everything. Right. So in five years from now, if we're still here, if we're not, you know, uber famous Nick Price, possibility of that. Oh, definitely. Sarcasm for those of you that think I'm extremely arrogant. Um, Matt Kafka is the future coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm willing to say this. Now, a lot of people would tell you, Dusty, I don't think he's going to be around long enough to be the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't see that happening. I just think too many people will want him on their roster. There's already people going after him now. Here's the deal. I have a strong assumption that after this year, when the Chiefs have yet another successful season because of who they have at quarterback, who they have on offense, who they have at head coach, who they have running the office in the front of the office, everything and everything around the Kansas City Chiefs just bleeds success, bearing a severe injury. Eric Bieniemy is finally going to get that job. He's finally going to get a head coaching job because there's going to be a couple teams out there that are going to fire their coaches because they're going to have 
a terrible year. They're going to want to go after that Andy Reid coaching tree that's just so much nectar in that thing that it's just still blooming. And Eric Bieniemy will then be gone. Once Eric Bieniemy is gone, Matt Kafka will then become the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'd almost put 100% guarantee on that. When I tell you this, just go back inside your memory bank, and every time the TV pans the camera over to the bench after an offensive possession, who are the three guys sitting on the bench? It's Andy Reid, it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Matt Kafka. Matt Kafka played football in the NFL. Matt Kafka was a quarterback in the NFL. And it seems that Matt Kafka and Patrick Mahomes have a dynamite relationship. There's been plenty of drops about it. Matt Kafka will speak sometimes during the week, like on Thursday, uh, when they have coordinators talk every once in a while. I've heard him talk before. And it makes you think that there is a relationship that has been bonded between the quarterback and Kafka. And now his role is literally, what, offensive assistant and passing coordinator? That's like the most subtexted offensive coordinator job in waiting that I've ever seen. Right. And most of the time, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, next move is head coach. And Matt Kafka seems like the guy. So when Andy Reid coaches five more years and tries to get two, maybe three more Super Bowls sandwiched in there, now it's harder than I'm than it is than I'm describing it. It's harder than hell to win a Super Bowl. But let's say that Andy Reid can ride this success. He's got the script now to get there and win it all. And let's say he does win two more and completes the dynasty with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then Andy Reid says, "You know what? That's enough. I've been to four Super Bowls. I've got three rings. I'm cool with that." I've set my quarterback up for success. The coaching staff is ready to go. I feel more comfortable than I've ever felt giving the team to this person. By then, Andy Reid is 66. He's had a career that is probably going down as probably the second best coach ever in the NFL, unless he is better than Belichick in most minds because he didn't cheat. Not being a hater or bias, I'm just being honest. You've never seen Andy Reid linked to any type of spying or deflation. Never even or heard anything. anything bad about Andy Reid ever. No. And Matt Kafka just seems like the next guy in line. And this is what kind of makes the juice a little bit sweeter for Chiefs fans. When you're under the wing of Andy Reid, you tend to have success in the NFL. Now, there's some guys that don't, but the good outweighs the bad, and it's not even close. And when you look at what Matt Kafka can do with five years under his belt as the offensive coordinator slash passing coordinator, just basically waiting for Eric Bieniemy to get a job before he moves into that seat, the bond and the relationship and the strategies are already there. So it's not like meeting new personnel or new coaches or anything like that. It's a guy within the house that knows the recipe of how to make the best meal, and it's not going anywhere. And Kafka's young enough to where then he can turn in another 10 years. By then, Mahomes' career is over, and who the hell knows what the Chiefs do after that? Now, this is me fishing a pond of success, not anything less than that. We don't know what Kafka can do as a coach or an offensive coordinator yet, but the Chiefs like him enough to where they're not letting other teams get a piece of him at all. And there's coaches on this staff, Nagy, Peterson, Bienemy, that they have been willing to get rid of because other teams want them. And here's this guy where they're like, you know what? We know it's coming close to the end for Andy Reid. It's not immediate, but it's coming. And if it is coming sooner than later, we need somebody that's his heir apparent. And that, to me, is Matt Kafka. Yeah, right. And also, uh, I just... 
Eric Bieniemy is going to get a job, and I have no doubt in my mind that Mike Kafka is going Mike, to be. Sorry, yeah, Mike. it's it's all good. Uh, but Mike Kafka is going to take over as the offensive coordinator when he leaves. This is just a way of, even if it doesn't really change his day to day job in any way. Like I said before, it's a way of instilling a little bit of confidence of like, hey, we're going to give you a little bit more responsibility. We're going to tack on another job title to you because we want to make an investment in you in the future. And, you know, Mike Kafka has been around this organization. He's been around Andy Reid for a long time. And it's just he's got the whole the whole situation just screams coach in waiting to me because this is a guy that not only has the great relationship with Patrick Mahomes, but he also has the great relationship with Andy Reid, and he's learning everything that he can from Andy while he's here. And the fact that while all these other guys that have come through the Chiefs organization and gone on to go get other jobs or move up outside of the Chiefs franchise, this guy, they're making it a priority that the way that you're moving up is in Kansas City because that's how important you are and that's how much confidence we are or that we have in you, that you're going to be the next head coach and you're going to be able to continue the success with Patrick Mahomes after Andy Reid does end up leaving. Yeah, Mike Kafka. Mike, 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 Mike. Yeah, my bad. Not Matt, Mike. Um, You were just on a roll. I didn't want to tell you. It's fine. You can interrupt me every time because now the text line just thinks I'm a complete idiot. Um, But, yeah, I think that Mike Kafka is the next head coach for the Chiefs because I just think the well – I think the water in the well is just too rich with with the coordinators on this team that eventually, right, you're okay to let some guys go because it's their time. Doug Peterson was ready, or maybe it's Dan Peterson. Eric Bieniemy is soon to be ready. It's just a matter of time before a team takes a jump on him. And Matt Nagy was ready. Ron Rivera was ready. They were all at that point in their career. Mike Kafka's still young enough to where you can keep him around, get him blossomed, polish him up, and then when Andy Reid's ready to go, Mike steps in, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I've got this. I think I know what I need to do. I've been you know, trained on how I need to report to the media. I know how to do this with Patrick Mahomes. I know how to game plan and all this stuff. And every level comes with new learning, right? Right. There's a learning curve that comes in. Anytime that you bring somebody into a new job, anytime that you get a new boss, which is essentially what the head coach is, there's that learning curve. And they're trying to keep this. They're trying to keep Kafka in the organization so that there is no learning curve. It's just a handoff from Andy Reid to Mike Kafka whenever the time eventually comes for Andy to hang it all up. And the thing that's crazy about Kafka, too, is what's the most important asset on the Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the quarterback. Who does Patrick Mahomes report to other than Andy Reid most of the time? Mike Kafka. Well, you put two and two together, you stream success, you give the quarterback what he wants, you give the coaches what they want, and everybody's fine with it. It's just one of those things that just makes sense. Coming up, we look forward to seeing what we're watching this weekend and other things as well as we do the two-minute warning and get you out of here and get you ready for this glorious, beautiful Saturday. And, oh, by the way, Mike Kafka. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. I'm not clicking on this article because I refuse to. But according to Pro Football Talk, Seahawks send scouts to watch Houston Roughnecks quarterback P.J. Walker. Oh, yeah, he's going to back up Russ. (laughs) God. I thought Carrington made a good point. He said this is the time now for the XFL to really show out because now you have competition. Now you've got March Madness. Now you've got opening day. You've got baseball coming back. Now you don't have anything that you can say, well, we've got good ratings. Like, we knew that the ratings weren't ever going to be as good as they were the first weekend. Right, and also, like, everybody just had that high of the football season just ending in the NFL playoffs and what they really care about, and they just wanted to see a little bit more football and see what it was all about. 
This is the time to prove it that you got the staying power. 27-22, Kansas Jayhawks over the Texas Tech Raiders. Patrick Mahomes, alma mater. You think people root for Texas Tech because this has got a little base sauce in it. Yeah, turn mm-hmm. me up, son. It's over. Oh, I know. That was a good baseline. Anyways, Mike Kafka. Sorry. Uh, shout out Mike Price, right? Yeah, uh, speaking of speaking of legendary Mikes. Nikki Papa Giorgio's dad had yeah. a birthday, right? Yeah, 55. Did you guys do anything for it? Yeah, well, we went to the KU game on Wednesday night, and then on Thursday night, just uh, ordered some pizza. Mm, where did you get some saw from? Uh, we got Pizza Shop. It's his favorite Ooh, place. Yeah. I do love Pizza Shop. Yeah, Pizza Shop. Do you know that Pizza Shop and Old Shawnee Pizza, fans of the station, once were a collab, and now they are uh, separate? Really? Yeah, there's some family history there. I don't know the most of it. I don't know the gist of it. I just know that they used to be like under the same ownership, and they've both kind of gone off and done their own thing. Um, Old Shawnee Pizza, great pizza. Pizza Shop, great pizza. Yeah. Old Shawnee Pizza, of course, was the... Uh, Sponsor for the 610 Sports Combine. Um, if you know where that's at, uh, good for you. If you don't, it's on our Twitter page. I'm sorry. I didn't think Levine was going to run shirtless. I didn't think Alex Cole was going to fall on his face doing the 40-yard dash. And I didn't know Bingley was going to do the bench press like he did. Then again, I have to be fair. I didn't participate because eh, wasn't offered. Yeah, I didn't get the invite. And I kind of look around at our part-time guys, myself, Chris Unicero, Julio Sanchez, Nick Price, Grant, Kramer. Man, it would have been embarrassing what we would have done to those guys. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, that's there's a reason why they kept it exclusive to the full-time guys because all the part-time guys are the young athletic types, you know? It's all good. You can call me a hater. You can call me whatever I am. You can call me jealous that I didn't get to go. I'm telling you right now, I think we would have crushed it. I'm not saying I would have gotten more than five bench reps of 125. Right. That would have been my worst. I'm not saying that I would have gotten under a six 40 yard dash, but I mean, good gracious. There's two guys that the total times they put up the bench press was a half. Yeah. Binkley was like, I think I did more than everybody combined. And then they showed his numbers like 72. And then they showed Binkley doing the bench press. And I was like, eh. asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell him that. He told me the other day. I just, I'm and I was sure just, he just heard it. Yeah, and I was just. I can, I can already feel my phone buzzing with a middle finger emoji. Sent, he's already sent us seven middle fingers and a beer chug. He just said, somebody say something about chugging? And he chugged a beer. Jay Binkley is the father of the show. Um, he loves us dearly. We love him as well. But it's, uh, it's just one of those things where, like, I love to mess with that man because he's so passionate about mm-hmm. it that I'm just like, well. You know, technically, he's like, well, before that video was shot, Dust Man, I put up about 60. I'm like, so, okay, so you bench trapped 60, not 72. He's like, ah, well, 72 is a number. And then I was like, I don't know if I believe. He's like, we can go to gym right now. I'm like, Beagley, you're going to out bench press me no matter how well you do it. We go to the gym right now. It's just the, the typical, like, over the top, like, let's go to the gym right now. K State coming up at two o'clock. After that, K State starts at three o'clock as a tip off between, uh, who do they play today? Couldn't tell you. I probably ought to look that up. Why do I do this every single week? They're playing Iowa State. That's right. In Bramlage. Iowa State, K-State, 3 o'clock pregame at 2 o'clock. Something we're looking forward to watch this weekend, Nick Price. Uh, Daniel Craig on SNL. I'm a mm-hmm. big James Bond fan. I was heartbroken that they're going to push that back to November. I know. Because I've seen every Bond film except uh, all the Roger Moore ones. Because mm-hmm. Roger Moore, to me, is a trash James Bond I would rank James Bonds in this order. Sean Connery, Daniel Craig, Pierce. Now, the Pierce Brosnan movies aren't that great. 
but he was a decent James Bond. Roger Moore, too cheesy for me. Um, Outsiders, I believe the season finale. I don't know if you started the show on HBO. I haven't started it yet, no. It's good. It's kind of a supernatural. Yeah. It's a based on a Stephen King novel. Outsiders is pretty damn good as well. Again, Smitty's Garage, Burgers, Beer, and Text Line, 40 uh, six nine three zero six. If you'd like to chime in on what maybe you might be checking out this weekend on TV before we get into the two minute warning, um, elimination chamber. I know Big Lance will be watching that one. That's Sunday. The WWE. I probably won't. I think the WWE is trash. I'm all in on AEW. In fact, I'm wearing an AEW shirt today. Uh, Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who that is, get to know him. He's hilarious. Um, Monday. I mentioned Monday is like my night for television. You get Better Call Saul. Great season so far. I think it's almost over. Of course, we know the spoiler alert that the way they want to end the show is Walt and Jesse walking into his office, and then that's how it ends. Mm. And then you can start Breaking Bad, just like you did with the Star Wars series, where like Rogue One ends with like Darth Vader just slaughtering a bunch of rebels, and then Episode Four starts A New Hope. Um, but Better Call Saul's on Monday, and then so is the documentary McMillions. Been loving. This. I still need to catch up on that. Oh man, it's so. good. I saw the first episode. I watched the first episode and then yeah. just kind of got first busy. Off, but it's good. Doug Williams, I think, is his name on this on this documentary. Who is like the greatest character on this show? Is that the is that the detective? Correct. He gives me some Hank Schrader vibes. A, a little, little bit. bit, but like more comical. Yeah. Instead of like serious, you know, roughneck. Like I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna bust these guys. Yeah. Like he is to me the best person about this show, other than just like hearing about how they scammed the monopoly system. Like Mm -hmm. that to me has been something that has just been intriguing to watch. Somebody says I'm watching um, hunters on Amazon prime. I've started it. I'm two episodes in. It's kind of slow. It's about a group of Nazi hunters in 1977, New York. Uh, It's got some good traits to it. It's also pretty slow, but going back to McMillions, it's a six part series. Number six of the series is Monday night. I think they could have shortened it into like probably three parts instead of six, but I get it. You got the money, you got the production, you got the people juice it for what it's worth. But that's just kind of like what I've been watching. Um, and then of course the uh, Arnold Palmer invitational. Um, I think it's Bay Hill is the finale. will be on Sunday. Rory McIlroy was doing really good in that tournament. And then you get the buildup for what is the March madness tournament is you'll get all the seeds uh, in order for that. Obviously KU will be number one. Baylor will be number two. KU with a win today over Texas Tech will outright win the Big 12. And By the start way, the Baylor is down 11 with three minutes to go against West Virginia. Yeah, there's Scott Drew. Yeah. Scott Drew got Bill Self in his home place. Come over Scott, had the goat next to him, and uh, it trickled down his leg. And then he lost to TCU, and now you said they're down 11 Oklahoma State? Yeah, with three minutes left. Or West Virginia. West Virginia? Yeah, at West Virginia in Morgantown. And yeah, that game's over. Yeah. You're not coming back from 11 against West Virginia and Morgantown. By the way, that place is an atrocious place to go play basketball. You have to, like, fly into the mountains, then take, like, an up, help the mountain bus ride for another hour to play basketball there for them to sing a crappy John Denver song. Mm-hmm. Oof, I don't like West Virginia. I like Outsiders, though. I like Daniel Craig on SNL because he's the James Bond of uh, the modern times, and he's really good. It's going to be kind of funny to see, like, such a serious character try to be funny. Um, obviously they were trying to promote James Bond this week and not coming out. Better call Saul Monday, Arnold Palmer finale on Sunday. And then the McMillions finale. Did you play the Monopoly game? You're too young for that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I played it a little bit. What's the best thing you want in a Monopoly game? I think like a free Big Mac. Mm. Uh, Did you cash in? 
You know it. Or did you try to negotiate and be like, can I get a quarter pounder instead of a Big Mac? No, I, I'm a Big Mac fan. You get down on them? Yeah, I get Do you down ever on get two Mac. after a sack on Sundays? I, I have, yeah. Really? The first time, actually, I never even heard about that before. And I just went and ordered a Big Mac. It was yeah. after a Thursday night game. They just put it in the bag or they remind you? No, they were like, would you like an extra Big Mac for free? I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, why? Are you just being nice? And like, no, Justin Houston had two sacks last night. Oh, they knew the stat too? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, big Chiefs fans. I like that. Shout well, yeah, out Lawrence I mean, McDonald. Lawrence McDonald. Yeah, uh, the best way to do the Big Mac for sacks, if you want to do it this way, Call the Dust Man special. You get two. You take out the middle bun on one of them, take the two patties out the other, and just make like a four stack burger. A quadruple burger. That's right, but you take all the bread out, so it's basically just like a double cheeseburger. Two minute warning. That'll bring us to the two minute warning. What the heck? Let's go. What the heck? Let's go. Brought it up earlier in the show. It's crazy to me that Pat Mahomes already gets it from a financial standpoint. He sat down with Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports, a senior NFL writer for that uh, wonderful website and fan of the show, Therese Paler. And basically said that uh, it's more important to win and have a legacy than it is to get the outrageous contract that he wants to be successful. Patrick Mahomes didn't come from a lot of poverty. And Patrick Mahomes knows that the better you get, the more success that brings and the more endorsements that comes with. And the money comes from the endorsements. It's not shy to worry about that. That's just where money comes from. Also, Mahomes will be on the shop tonight. That's something we can also watch is the shop is Mahomes will be on that tonight. Uh, with Maverick Carter and among others, where Mahomes basically said he didn't understand reading defense until about halfway through uh, the 2008 season and that he'd only been playing quarterback since his junior year in high school, so about six and a half, seven years, which is absolutely disgusting. Kansas, the number one team in the nation, the number one team going into the March Madness tournament, and the number one team on the NCAA's naughty list. It's just going to give them the middle finger when they try to win the entire thing and Bill Self playing the role of the heel so good. LeBron. Said last night he's worried about the crowds because the crowd's what he plays for. And with the coronavirus spreading like wildfire, um, the cautions that they are taking with fans maybe not going to games, with people not being allowed into locker rooms, the NHL and NBA are both exercising these options to keep media in a quarantined area instead of like trying to prevent uh, more spreading of the virus. Peyton Manning could get paid by ESPN. And Adalberto Mondesi's yet to play a spring game. Should we be worried? That was today's show. It was fast. It was fun. Two hours. K-State will get you started here at 2 o'clock with pregame. They'll get tipped off at 3 o'clock. Kansas ahead of Texas Tech at halftime. I believe it is 27-22. I believe is the score. Maybe it's a little bit more closer than that. It's 32-24. 32-24. The last I saw was 27-22. Kansas with the lead at halftime. Kansas trying to win everything because that's what they want to do this year is they want to be the heel of the league. Thanks to Nick Price for being here today. Myself, Dusty Likens. Thanks to everybody out there listening. Once again, if I can plug it one more time, my friend Kira to the top of my Twitter page. She's been diagnosed with a brain tumor, given three to ten years to live. She's going to outlive that, but she needs help and support from everybody out there. Share it, like it, donate if you want. That'd be awesome if you could. My friend Kira, Dusty Likens, 610 Sports Radio, here on Out of Bounds, live and local. And Josh Furnier on the hot stove Thursdays at 6 o'clock on 610 Sports Radio. For Nick Price, Dusty Likens, we're out of here. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.